to be or not to be? That is the question. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Don't be so dramatic. Hello and welcome to Don't Be So Dramatic. I'm Steve Bradley. I'm Jason B. Moore. And welcome everyone to episode 13. Yes. My lucky number. <laughs> it is your lucky number. <laughs> welcome to our guest, Mary Hammond. She's worked on over 90 West End shows. No, West End and... West End and... And repertory and, and repertory. In, in general, yeah. Excellent, and the singing teacher, and we're at. There haven't been ninety West End shows. <laughs> there hasn't. <no. laughs> and we are in her lovely place in in Camden here, uh, by the grand piano and the and the fire. It's lovely, keeping us warm in this winter day. And uh, how are you today, Mary? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm glad Excellent. to be inside, looking outside at the rain. Actually, absolutely, yes, yeah, it's lovely. It comes to something if you work from home. I'm lucky. I've got a place in Camden where I can make a lot of noise and my neighbours have got four dogs, so we live quite happily next door to each other. <laughs> Mutual grumbles. respect. Yeah, absolutely. Also, sh- shortly after they moved in, I worked with Chris Martin and he did a sort of in-in-house show and I invited them, so I, sort of, oh, I started so. off with a good relationship. Yes, <laughs> that's a good way of yeah, getting in In-house the production. Absolutely. Quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> So let's start off, Mary, just a brief history about yourself. Um, where, where did it start for you? When did you uh, decide, you know, you, have you always been a performer from a young age, or, you know, enjoyed singing? Or? Oh, I think I was encouraged at school, actually. Right. I think I'm one of the few people I met I actually quite enjoyed myself at school because it was very music-based and I was given a lot of encouragement. Hmm. And so I, I just found... I think it was the only thing I could do is music, so that was what I was best at. I think I struggled through all the other... Um, subjects and, and music was the thing I felt confident in and mm. actually and I loved it and I loved it and um, it's some time ago but through school I didn't come from a money background and to get out of maths I learnt the cello and right. uh, a local teacher taught me for nothing um, to, to sing and she wasn't a singing teacher herself but looking back I think I learnt more from her because she had a great joy of yes. music and a great joy of singing and she used to take me into house and play me recordings of things that I wouldn't have ever listened to. Yes. So, so she had the, the natural natural affinity, the natural spirit. She, she was just music. very kind. We yeah. were all carol singing one day and she heard me singing and she said, um, I want you to come and see me. And she came from a generation, she'd won a scholarship and because she was married, she hadn't taken it up. So yes. she sort of had a few of us and encouraged us and spent a lot of time with us. Mrs. Crute, her name was. And she, I always try and have one person that I help in the way that she helped me because it's passed it on, isn't it? Yes. Oh, very you important. Know. Yes. Yeah. Important. Yes. yes, very. So where did you go from there, from young age being brought up with music? Where, where did life take you? Um... Well, again, I struggled through A-levels, but did okay in music, so I went to the Royal Academy of Music. Right. Um, and I did piano and singing there. I look at the standard now and think, would I have got in there? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, when, when I finished there, one thing I realised was that I wasn't really an operatic singer or a concert singer. Um, you know, everything that's happened to me is bound by sheer chance. And my first job was on the end of South End Pier, and I learned more in four months than I learned in four years, I think, actually. Mm. When I look back, you know, it's, I had no clue. We, we, the only stagecraft we learned is you walked on stage and you were told to look in the far corner of the Duke's <laughs> Hall, which is enormous, to keep your head up. I remember thinking, I'm sure there's more to life than Gosh, this. Gosh, everyone's <laughs> looking in the same direction. <laughs> well, you know, you, I, I look back and I'm like, that's absolutely true. And I thought, I think there's more. So there I was doing my... Um, 
my, my summer season, you know, for the first time, I remember having to say things like, what you're doing down there, you great git, and thinking, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. I didn't even know it was reviewed, you know. Yes. And I, I remember before the first night thinking, I was so nervous, I think if it doesn't come soon, I think I'll pass out with fear. <laughs> um, but by sheer, and then my second job was principal boy in pantomime, and by sheer chance, I landed a TV series, and I found out, as a session singer, don't let's exaggerate this, but I, <laughs> I found out what I was good at. I've always been a good sight reader. I've got perfect pitch. And I think for a classically trained singer, I was interested in lots of styles and different ways of making mm. sound. So I was quite, I could stand behind a, a camera and go, da-da-da-da, be flat, and be with people who had a much better pop feel than me. But I could keep them, yeah. you know, yes, and there, on, on it. And I learned by... There was a lot by, of that. There's a lot of that. The yes. session singing in the TV, TV world. But, well, we it? did that. We did all the big shows. We yeah. also did TV opera. So, you know, I was lucky, really. I've always called myself a music schizophrenic because I like so many different styles of music. And if I jump a long time after that, about 20 years, um, I had um, a good friend in Martin Kosh, who was a musical director on Les Miserables, and he, that was the first show that really, vocally, mm. was different. And now everybody's grown up with all those sounds. Yeah, but yeah. he asked me to come in and help with that. And I remember sitting in the audience and thinking, this is doing something that I've had an instinct for. Really? And it was wow. how the through-sung musical... We, everybody's is fashionable to critique things, isn't it, really? But it was the through-sung musical was was so different. It was how your voice had to express language in a different way, not just in a classical way. Every yes, time I try and put this into words, it's very hard to do it with, in black and white because, of course, there's exceptions to all that. Mm, you know, you've mm. got avant-garde opera that tried to do the same. I mean, there's nothing, there's no absolute, but equally we were finding different ways of, of being able to... Um, um, produce sound actually that wasn't just what we would universally call a classical voice. Yeah, yes, because I mean, Lemmy's and and the, those 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 standard musicals, as the sung through has the recitative and the drama, and then also the verging of the operatic and the pop and the and yeah. it's a, it's an interesting multifaceted uh, multi yeah. and so it must mm. have been felt like a new wave thing and how did you approach how did you think well, i know you said you felt natural to that but well yeah I, I think i did you know i don't want to sound arrogant but i think i had a natural affinity for that um i remember when i started going to theater i'd never felt i'd quite fitted in the musical world really and i remember thinking well whoever i am there's more people like me here <laughs> so i was comfortable mm, with that yeah. took a while to be introduced as people singing teacher and not my own identity having been a singer if i'm absolutely honest um and I've helped other young teachers with that feeling as well. And gradually realised it's perhaps what I was best at and really enjoyed it. I can remember going to a singing teacher conference to answer your question, how did I deal with it? I think that, that sort of dangerous word instinctively to start with. But then I remember going to a conference and looking for the first time, somebody from America called Ingo Tietze had done a lot of um, exploring of the human voice um, as a researcher, um, showed pictures of the vocal folds first time anybody looked at it really and I remember looking at the screen thinking there are answers and feeling this huge feeling of relief go through me because I felt a bit overwhelmed with the responsibility I was quite young really and thinking do I know what I'm doing mm. um, and now this is so much more commonplace but at the time it was very new and you know 
<laughs> I can remember, it was at Dartington, actually, at a summer school, and I remember coming out, and I can remember it like a holy moment, really. It was a dark sort of, you know, a, a summer sky that was sort of dark blue and mm, lots mm. of stars. I don't care if this sounds silly. It's absolutely no. true. I can remember it like holy moment, really. And somebody is saying to me, well, it's very interesting, but what's it to do with us? And I said, I don't know, but I know it should be. Yes, yes. And I, I just felt sort of kind of quite missionary-like about the whole thing. So, yeah, absolutely. well, that's, that's interesting because that's what I feel about the arts in general is when yeah. you have a, that wonderful gut feeling and you know, you may not know have all the answers immediately, but you absolutely. instinctively know that there's something and also that you know that it will come to you at some point, hopefully, so you can teach it. So it's a bit of an uh, epiphany sort of Absolutely. feeling which is which is wonderful no i really remember it and i don't care if it sounds sentimental no i think it's it amazing. didn't feel sentimental it just felt real real it's honest and real and i can yes. remember it that's the thing it's mm. sort of you know me you know mm. yeah absolutely so so what's the, let's talk about the still thing as well what yeah because um, people well, say this this new thing and i think oh, it's gosh, not well, yeah, i've been around yeah. for 25 <laughs> years um i went to a voice conference in a science conference in philadelphia that's the American one. We have the, um, oh, we have conferences which I've actually instigated with the British Voice Association. We've held them at the academy, exploring all these different things. And um, I have to say, at this point, I'm not a scientist. I've struggled to understand some of these things. If you're sitting next to an enlightened ENT surgeon or an enlightened speech therapist, it's quite easy to look at graphs and understand them. If you're only sitting and think, oh God, you know. Mm. Um, but anyway. Uh, when I was in Philadelphia, there was, outside the conference, there's a whole lot of um, t t uh, screens, and they show videos of things that are not going to be part of the conference, but ideas. And it's usually that they don't feel there's enough scientific proof to actually put them. You know, I know you have that background, yeah. so you'll understand yeah. what I mean. You know, you stick one needle in something, you need about 25 to yeah. say QED. Yeah. But... Um, they, Joe's work was, Joe Estill, was um, somebody who had studied in Italy, which I think is really important to know, opera. And I think at the age of 40-odd had come back and was doing a master's. And she wanted to look at how sounds were made because she thought she felt frustrated that everybody said it was about support, this funny word we use in singing, mm. which I think sounds like elastic knickers, which is really <laughs> airflow. It's about breath pressure, actually. Right. And she had... Um, been looking at various things and I remember looking at the screen and because I'd experimented with my own voice a lot, because I'd had to because of my background in sessions, I'd just done it actually by ear. I remember looking at the screen thinking, what it feels like is what I'm looking at. I can remember that really, really clearly. I remember being fascinated. Well, um, we managed to get some money from the British Voice Association, which was called the Voice Foundation at the time, and Cameron McIntosh, actually, and got her over to do her very first seminar to show her work, which was only a few people, actually. There, not many, just speech therapists mainly. A few of us people who were already interested in this from um, uh, who were singing teachers, but it was quite small. Mm. And quite difficult to understand and then she, we had another bigger seminar and then gradually um this built up it's now become i think too separated really um i would say i'm very informed by it and it's part of my teaching but i wouldn't go off and just teach it as a method i'm not mm. sure she would have wanted that either yeah and and the people who are the originals like 
Anne-Marie's been profound and also agree and also make it, you know, it's such a, such a, a huge tool for all of us doing contemporary sound. But I think just to go off and... And I don't mean to denigrate people that have studied it a lot because it's, it's brilliant and they're now... People say they're still masters. That's always bothered me a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a master teacher. You know, I don't know what what is, you know, um, or anybody. Well, my husband said it should be mistress anyway if you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you know, I, I don't know. But you know, and I know a lot of the colleges want people who are trained in that. But I think you need to know a bit more as well. It's a supplement, would you say? To, to uh, it's, more than it's, that. It, but I think if you n- know that she studied in Italy first, which is, mm. you know. Um, all right, bell canto, what does that mean? Beautiful singing, um, which is light operatic. And you, and you bring that in together, mm. then I think you've got a pretty useful picture for teaching music theatre. Mm. But um, I certainly don't feel contentious about it, but that's my experience and what I teach. Yeah. You yes, it's a, it's a bit similar when, we, when we've talked about acting techniques. And yeah. The Stanislavskis, the Meisners, the, the, yeah. all, the, all these, the, 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 the greats. And... and uh, uh, you know, when people say, oh, I only do that, when you think, oh, okay, well, then that is wonderful, but th- th- there are other, you can branch. I suppose everybody branch. finds their own way. I can say yeah. what my opinion is. I sort of feel having worked with Joe very privileged, and you always wonder if things get slightly diffused, but I, I don't think so. I think the people that looked after her work care very much about it, mm. and she was the first person that really looked at it all kinds of making sounds. And then, of course, everybody thought it was classical or belting, and that's such nonsense. But, you know, I was asked to set a course up at the Royal Academy of Music. Um, I was fortunate enough to be doing loads of work. And, all right, if I'm honest, didn't really need it for myself. Mm. Didn't really want to be in an institution, and even the word made me go hot and cold all over. (laughs) Um, I know my friends said, if you want to get this other ways of teaching singing considered it has to be somewhere where people will respect it oh god i can't believe i said that that's true no so um and that has been a baptism of fire for me to 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 learn how to set something up um and that's a postgraduate course i've just moved over from running it and i've now got this pompous title i hardly like to breathe called I'm now Sondheim Professor of Musical Theatre Voice. Bit wow. of a mouthful. <laughs> but I couldn't say music, you know, just voice, because there's a classical course there as well. Mm. Yes, yes. Um, very nice of him to say I could choose his name. <laughs> but I can't, I mean, I'm certainly not putting it on your visiting cards. I think it claims more than I am. <laughs> but um, it's why I actually have come back to teach at the Actor Centre, because I thought I'll have a bit more time. Yes. Mm. Which... I don't necessarily have, but equally, I, I felt committed. I love working with actors. I really, really enjoy it. Not just in musical theatre. I've been lucky enough to be called into the National, to the RSC, to the Delmar, to work with various things. Mm. The last one I worked on the National was just a little bit of work at the beginning of London Road, which was fascinating. Mm. But I think, I will say in my next life, I'll act. <laughs> but I I love I, I particularly love working with actors. So, so it's interesting because um, uh, actor, actor singers, let's let's say, uh, um, or actors specifically, always, I'm generalising. Sometimes have a fear, the f- the fear of singing. Um, uh, and how 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 do you do you does have that has that happened when you have with actors that specifically? Oh yeah, have that I think fear time and time again. Um, how, do, how do you approach? How do I approach it? Yeah. What if they came to me for? private lessons <laughs> if it comes to me one-to-one to be honest i often start with a, a, a bass like 
all right, breathing producing song, which is so similar to to the, the, the to work voice. they've done in the mm. speech. They mm. say, oh, it's the same as I, I say, well, look, you already know an awful lot of things yeah. as a base. It's not going to be anything new. It's an as well as. And I'm sure you know in colleges, um, you know, uh, you know the, the Rada, Lambda, all of those, uh, very often the spoken word, the principles very often are very similar to mm. speech. It's a bit fashionable to say that it's an extension of speech, which is not true because the larynx does other things. But equally, you can start with the same basis and then i think the secret is to find something that they can sing with the voice that they possess at that moment in time right where they still feel they can use it to express themselves mm. then if they have um the time and to be honest the commitment you can actually develop that muscularity which what singing mm. is mm. to to um i don't like the word improve i think develops a word mm. to yeah. develop it so that they can actually cope with other songs but i think the main thing is to find something they feel some sense of achievement with and not to feel undermined. Yes. I mean, some of the places, um, you know, Rada's one, is, is at the beginning have chosen to put, teach them classically. And that's so far away from some of their experience. Quite I scary, went in I and one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think it is sort of, some people, it, 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 and I don't think that's wrong in a way, but I think <laughs> I would say, okay, what do you normally sing? And some people sing a pop song really well. I'll say, well, let's start with that, you know, and then work from there. Mm, mm. Or I'll say to somebody, do you know any folk music? Yeah. And they'll so, start so with something. very narrative, sort of narrative-based. Well, start with something if you're comfortable yes, with. Yes, yes, yeah. Because I'm just, I'm just thinking, do, uh, do you find that actors find working on songs specifically, finding the narrative easier in the sense of that, that approach? I no, mean, I know what you um, mean. Um, I think... It's a huge question. I know exactly what you're saying. When you're developing your voice, that can get in the way. Mm. Rather like talking like this when it's not mm. wanted, you know. Mm. I think you have to be comfortable enough that you don't worry about singing and such an easy thing to say. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's such an easy thing to say. Um, they're all well, different art forms, like, aren't they? It's a bit like acting and singing. Uh, people oh, it must be hard. It has to be hard. And, and I always find the opposite works easier. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds silly again, but uh, it's up to the individual. I mean, the the thing, my, cl my the class I do at the Royal Academy is called integrating acting and singing, and I think a lot of people use that word now. Um, and what interested me when I set a course up was through the British Voice Association, learning about the effects of getting physically fit and muscles needed for singing. So that's very specific. I mean, you know, it's a sort of Pilates based, really, um, and then understanding the relationship of the spoken word to singing. Mm -hmm. and obviously looking at the detail needed for text, and that's something that you can explain to an actor. You can explain how yeah. much detail did you do with the piece that you were working on, and in a way they understand that. So if you find the right piece of music that they don't feel encumbered by or overwhelmed with, the same approach of looking at detail within the song um, works. I find people writing musical theatre who can perhaps easily accomplish something vocally will very be very general. Again, mm. this is a sweeping statement, but mm -hmm. generally, even if they've been taught it, they, time and time again, you know, all right, let's take something like Moments in the Wood from Sondheim. You can spend months on that. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, actually, I often think of, in the classical world, if you're going to sing a, a, a role, you'd spend maybe a couple of years getting into the muscularity of your voice. Yes, training yourself. Yeah, 
and I used to think that meant they were musically thick. I didn't really, <laughs> which is quite true often. But equally, I think that yes. um, I should not get lynched for that, but never, it's true. Um, but equally, um, it's not. It's actually physiologically knowing where those sounds are made to, and that's opera is such an extreme of sound. It yeah. takes sometimes takes yes. that long, and so often in shows, it's it's like just a couple of weeks, or people bring something to a lesson. And expect it to be fixed. Yeah. And, you know, you're better off to have two or three things that you do very well. Mm. And with a clever mindset, mm. change them to suit the audition rather than constantly looking for new stuff. Yes, because yes. it takes time. Uh, uh, yes, it's like uh, the expression I use, singing, singing in your voice. It's sort of, and like, so it's in your, it's in your voice. And it's your in your body. body. In your body, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so thinking about auditions then, what, what obviously you've sat on audition panels, what... what do you think, again, it should be the case of, I think you've just made this, the point, the song you know well, the song you feel comfortable with, instead of searching for something new I think, each time? I think, yeah, I think if you get such short notice, you need to do something that you mm. know really, really well. Be clever enough to have something that you could actually, you know, sorry, it, it, you could have a speech and you could do it two or three different ways. Um, mm. Yeah. I yeah. uh, can't give you an example now because I haven't thought it through, mm. because, but I could do. Mm. Um, but, and equally, you can find a song that, again, you could do it at least in a couple of different ways. Mm. And I've had people phone up and say, I've got this audition, what shall I do with it? And I say, what have you? What repertoire have you got? And I said, have you thought of doing it mm. like this or changing mm. that person is sort of feeling ironic or that, that person is feeling really... Mm. Angry, I don't know. No, that's a really corny thing to say. It would no, be much, much more specific yes. than that. Changing the mood. That's, that's Changing the whole idea, even the, more whole the mood, idea. the whole idea behind it. And yeah. then you can actually make one song do for a lot mm. of situations. You really can. Mm. Mm. That's, that's quite interesting. Really good I should have prepared something for you. I could say, like, my mind's gone a blank. I have to look at my whole no, wall of music, too. <laughs> your wall of music. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, yeah. And it is a wall of music. Yeah, yes. it is. <laughs> Indeed. So let's. You mentioned the Actors Centre earlier. You're running. You want to run a workshop there every month. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I hope that's useful. And people come in all kinds of standards. Even the word standards you shouldn't use really. All kinds of experiences, Experience. which I think is a much better word because that's how I think. And quite a lot of people come back or come back, and I've and I've also tried to help them a little bit about what kind of repertoire is useful for them. Yeah. Um, I think I've called it how to prepare for auditions, but I, I work with whatever rocks up, really. Yes. And um, sometimes, you know, I give quite a lot of technical help if that seems appropriate. Yes. And what they and what they need help with. Um, but basically, basically, it's really useful to sing regularly in front of people. Everybody says I'm nervous, and as we all know, if you weren't nervous, then that doesn't. Let all those endomorphins rush around your body. Um, <laughs> but equally, um, and the effect, and people say, oh, my leg shakes, I feel this, I feel that. I understand all that. Yes. To be honest, I'm really glad. I was 25 years as a singer before I started to teach. And I'm really glad that I did all that because mm. I know what that feels like. Yes. And I know what that feels like when you ha your voice isn't working and you don't feel great. And I know what if things are happening at home that affect you. All yes. those things. I've, And I remember helping set up a course at the Tavistock Centre on the psychodynamics of singing to learn, not in under, to understand and be an amateur psychotherapist, which I think too many people do, but also to kind of listen once and then get back into the lesson, yeah. you know. But 
I think the empathy you do feel if you've felt those feelings yourself, I wouldn't want that to get in the way. But equally, it, it's to know how that feels and not to say, oh, well, get over it. It's not that easy. Yes, oh, yeah. and, the, 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 and the, the fact that the voice is not a separate something else. It is a part of it's you. you. It's who you, you are. It's your emotions. Yeah. Your, your, it's, it's totally who you are and not, not something separate that you put in your voice box when you need it oh i feel you stand in front of somebody around us up and say here i am crucifying me really <laughs> i mean yeah you know or you know i mean how many jobs you know are you on a daily critical sort of i mm. mean i suppose there are quite a few actually um you know where you have to come up with it in fact i see that in my relatives actually and things like it that seem to work 15 hours a day you know and seem to have to constantly mm. come up with with, with a result mm. and that's, i think it's a pressurized life all round. Yeah. We're lucky if we are involved in our industry because, you know, <laughs> my husband's an orchestral player and I remember saying to him, how many people at the end of the day, you know, stand up and you bow and everybody claps them? You know, you don't do that in many walks of life, you know. That's well right. done. Clap, 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 clap. Yes. Yeah. So actually, although we might get the rhubarb or we might get the people saying, you know, you know, it wasn't brilliant. But the other side of the coin is, you know, you you do get appreciation, don't you yes, think? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. And I think that's, that's again, it's part of, you know, that's another psychology of, of, of feeding back to you what you've given given out. And that's, again, in your body, and it, it affects, and it's very deep, but it affects your voice and it affects who you are Yeah, as well. I, I think, actually, the, the, the cast, let's take two extremes, of Les Miserables, who happen to be quite young at the moment, which I think is, you know, perhaps not the best idea, but, but at the end of that, I remember... Some years ago, <coughs> a couple of them saying to me, they got in the habit of going to a local bar that was open and the management said, but they said, you know, at the end of it, we feel absolutely emotionally drained. Yeah. And um, I, I'm sure it doesn't happen now. I, 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 I think that, you know, but they just felt they just needed to relax after. Whereas mm. I feel after Mamma Mia, for example, everybody's yeah. swinging and going yeah. out. And I'm yeah. sure that's quite a different feeling you've got. I think, oh, we've all had a good time. Now, that's a huge sweeping statement. Yes. And I'm sure that people in Mamma Mia have days when they go out and they've got worries that have nothing to do with the show. But if you, but the effects of the show, one that's... Mm. Yeah. You have to pull on a kind Emotionally of emotive charged. level. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that happens with plays. Well, I know it I, I, Actually, I don't think it's a sweeping statement. I think it's absolutely correct because mm. absolutely... I think when you leave a theatre, uh, specifically, even if it, either way, yep. down or up, I th you need that downtime. Yeah, you do. Uh, even sometimes when you get on, if you're in London, getting on the tube or everything, you need that downtime, and yeah. I think that's important. I even find it with teaching, you know. Yes. Um, I yes. mean, I mean, obviously, I I go out to places to teach, but a lot of my private teachings here, and if I go upstairs because it has got a couple of flights of stairs, and like. In a, you know, my family or somebody talks to me and sometimes I think I sound a bit rude because I just don't want to talk for... Yeah, no, yeah. I just want to sort of... I've had such yep. a concentration level. Yes. I can't think about, you know, I don't know, what's going to happen on Saturday or whatever it yeah, might be. Yes. And just for... Unwind for yes, just a, and I have kind of minutes. clocked that so much because... And I realise it's particularly, you know, from here, you know, because I found at the end of every day teaching one-to-one -one, I feel like you know that drained feeling you have when you've done an exam do you remember that yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like that at the end of every day if I'm honest yeah if you've done if you've done an okay job yeah because you're, you're really concentrating mm. on you really concentrate and also you want to give and you 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 want to give your best to the person that you're with Oh yeah, and that, yeah. And, and, and that is energy. You want that's to give that energy. It's exhausting in a good way. It's a good exhaustion, yeah. but it's still exhausting. Yeah, it is actually. Um, I mean, I think I find group um, 
stuff not tiring in the same way because mm-hmm. I always, you know, if I went into the academy and they were down there tired, I'd say, hang on a minute, I need your energy to give me mine. You yes, know, that's yes. being selfish, you can't do that. Uh, if I go into the actor centre, for an example, or work with people, you know, that, you know that, that sort of energy of people wanting something is lovely and you mm-hmm. can bounce on it. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can, and also you get ideas from them. I love that, going around a group and saying, what do you think? What are your ideas? What can you bring? Yes, um, yes, absolutely. And I love that, you mm-hmm. know, because I think if you teach, the danger you always have is if you think you know anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? Well, yes. no, there's certain things, obviously, I've, I've found that I, I believe in, particularly mm. in terms of... Um, oh, I hate the word technique. I think the word technique, I always say, is a, a word that you use when you think everybody has it except you, which is silly, isn't it, really? But <laughs> it's just knowing how your voice works. It's knowing the understanding. And I think today's teaching, which is giving... giving um, a certain amount of information that's relevant to mm. how the voice works, and sh- I often show people pictures. They look, this is what's going on. That doesn't necessarily make you do it better, but you sort of kind of understand it a bit better. Visually, yeah, you can take that mm. in. And understand well, you it. understand physically what you're doing. If you sort of go, I don't know, it's beyond your microphone. If you do this, mm. and you say that's your vocal folds coming yes. together, then yes. you go, e. Somebody says, oh yeah, I can feel that. Yes, mm. and yeah. and then if I've shown them a picture of it, they can visualise. What's, What's actually happening? Yeah. Um, so it's this mixture of explaining how the voice works and still using an imaginative process. The thing about only using an imaginative process, which can certainly work, means that you have to have the same imaginative process as your student. Yes. Therefore, I think it's a good idea. Although there's a, um, something which is a nice example of that, more from the rock industry. There's a group called Muse, and I was working with Matt. And I explained he wanted to do something in a high chest register. And I explained something we call tilt. It's, it's where the larynx tilts forwards, elongates the vocal folds, and if you've got a little bit of play in it, you can go a bit higher. And I said, but some people call that singing through the eyes or feeling vibration in the uh, porous bone in the front of your uh, face. Anyway, he rang me up and said, thank you, I've got a, a sound that I've made, in, in, you know, that I haven't made before. And I said, oh, I said, what... Um, what, what did I say that made you do that? He said, it's when you said sing through your eyes. Oh, but wow. he's an intelligent bloke, and I said, this is what happens. But knowing that doesn't necessarily help you do it. Mm. You can't sort of go, oh, 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 what's happening? <laughs> yeah. So it's trying to find out. But I think it's for the teacher to know, really. Yes. And I think there's no excuse for not knowing those things now. In a contemporary sound, having a good ear for all those different sounds that are needed and thinking, how can I help that artist create that is really important. Yeah. I always talk very fast when I get enthusiastic. Really I was just, really just going to say, because you, you, we were talking earlier about that you're d- doing a lot with the rock sort of pop industry uh, uh, people as well. Yeah, uh, I like uh, that. And, and uh, how, because, you know, people don't think, oh, they don't have lessons. Surely they don't have lessons. But, but you know, how, um, and is that the same as, as working with a musical theatre person, with an actor? Is it all the same? Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. And that's when I get cross when you see programmes like X Factor. They say, oh, musical theatre. I'm like, what are they talking about? I think they're thinking of another era when people perhaps mm. did display acting and things which... Yes. yes. I would have said that if I wanted to make a statement which took me five years to say about Les Miserables, I would say... I was trying to think because... You know, I, I think what we were trying to base it on is a, is an acting style that was, you know, in, in again, sweeping statement, a naturalistic acting style. And I think mm. we were trying to bring that into musical theatre. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and so we were looking for sounds that m- sounded more like 
real people. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. and again, you know, sweeping statement, but it, it, I think it holds good in, in a way for, for some of that. Yeah. Um, and we had to look at the mechanical ways of making some of those sounds that were different from classical voice. The larynx mm. was used differently. Mm. And initially, they booked people that could do it quite naturally. Yes. You know, I mean, I worked with Frances Raphael. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying it was the first Eponine. And she brought the song to my house. And I said, oh, we've got a great song here, Frances. So we worked out what w worked with her voice yeah. mm. um, in the sounds that were made to show extremes of emotion, which is why... It went at that time quite a high belt, which people learned to do but couldn't really do afterwards. But it worked in her voice, so that's what we decided yes. to do. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was totally So fun. you looked at a natural sound in somebody's voice and, and yes. tried to sort of create that. Yes, so that's that's. I was just thinking about the the uh, when you hear a natural voice, okay. and that's uh, what you try and keep as a basis for everybody. Yes, really. and I, I have seen people that, that have said oh we had a natural voice and then it was taken away from yeah, me uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but surely that's the natural basis of the yeah, voice of course to, it should be yeah uh, you, know, you don't sort of go drop your jaw la 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 you have to start and find out you might do that at some point yeah. Yeah. but you have to start with what somebody has and also I, I'd like to think in the um, what do we call it popular culture industry um, that that's what I'm kind of known for which is physiologically physiologically developing a voice but keeping its character yes. as opposed to working on the style and the ideas which is yeah not what i would do because it's not my ear and it's not what i would do mm. but i still love it i think in a way that has a spin-off in all walks of music because um it keeps you an idea you know i often think pop culture takes its way and goes down into other things don't you think mm. so mm. i think it keeps you sort of your mind fresh um, you know, you stand on stage at Glastonbury and I think, oh, I'm hardly a young chick. Aren't I lucky to be standing at the side <laughs> looking at that? Hey, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you go to the... I've had some terrific experiences and I've never taken a camera or done it. I remember being at Wembley when Coldplay were rehearsing, in, which they booked, and having seen them through being at places around here, you know, in, in Camden and watched the whole journey over nine years. Yeah. Yeah. That's been fascinating to watch. And then I was working with somebody called Guy from a group called Elbow. And I was going to finish, sorry, in, I, was, I was the only one in the whole of Wembley, you know, making notes. And I remember thinking, <laughs> in retrospectively, I should have done that for myself. Had a, 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 I remember being in the O2 when Guy, and I was the only one in the whole of the O2, again, listening to their sound check and making notes. And I remember after thinking, just for myself, I should have had a picture of that to put in the loo, you yes, know, yes, because yes. it was fun. But equally, when I do that, I think I'm very lucky because the new experiences, it's fun. And, it, and I was with Arctic Fire last week doing something. And I, I just think that that, um, that sort of gives you a lift because it has a, an energy. And, for example, I think I went into a class at the Royal Academy after that. And I still felt sort of yeah. up and I slightly excited with that music. Yes. And so... It, it all comes together to me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes, it does, yeah. it's, it's completely because because it, it's people, you know, you go from grand opera to, to the O2 what, what, and all the in-between and it's all connected. It's all the same. The, 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 yeah. the, the spirit is there and the spirit and, and then all the techniques, they're all connected in some form. Absolutely. And therefore, that's why you can't just go off and do one rarefied thing. Yeah. No, uh, no. But, you know, I'm really lucky, I think. 
maybe being in the right place at the right time, hopefully being open-minded enough that if I didn't know to go out and find out. But I think that's probably been your gift to, to have been successful as you have, is possibly the open-mindedness that you've had. Yeah. Instead of saying, this is, this is the way I teach and yeah. that's it and, and that's the way it is. You've, from, we've, we've just spoken now from, from Lemiz, from, from Estil, um, from all that. It's the open, open, your open-mindedness, so I'm giving you lots of confidence. But, but I think Thank that's, that's... Yeah, I would like to know. say, though, that I've been surrounded by open-minded people. Ah. Well, that's... Yeah, yeah. That's when I... That's yeah. a clue. I've, you know, when I, for my class at the Royal Academy, my course at the Royal Academy of Music, I wanted it to be like a company. And mm. um, it's kind of, and because of that, it is, because it's no, there's no other musical theatre there, you know what I mean? I mean, mm. opera is an example of music theatre, possibly, but it's run like a company, it really is. And right at that beginning, I brought in all the people to mm. teach. I was allowed to do what I wanted. So I brought in people, you know, Moyne Scott, uh, Mary King, Paul Farrington, Anne-Marie Speed. Um, a couple of them moved on, married to the South Bank, um, Paul to the Young Artist Programme at the Royal Opera House and many other things and abroad and I've brought in other people, um, I've now brought in a couple of people who trained with us 18 years ago and have worked yeah. a lot but want to teach mm. and um, I still have brilliant people there still teaching yes. and I wanted a faculty that you know all discussed what they could do and if they were stuck with somebody said what do you think Yeah. yeah. Um, equally um, you know people like Janice Chapman Oh, I could list loads of people who are members of the British Voice Association who have, um, you know, Tom Harris, John Rubin, ENT surgeons, uh, Julia McGlashan, who have now been looking at sort of and looking at all those kinds of sounds on yeah. camera. You know, all these people that have been interested. And, you know, if you want, the information is out there yes. as a teacher. And if you want to explore it, mm. it's out there. And I don't want team points for it. It's been my choice. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I still, I was in um, Prague this summer at a conference, you know, and you fund it yourself, you know, but, you know, I mean, it's a great way to mm. combine being in a good place. I think the next one in two years is in Florence. I'll be there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Partly because I'll, I'll, I have I'm a coming. good time. <laughs> yes, I'll come with you. <laughs> yeah, we do. But you meet all these people from different nationalities from all over yes. who share their information. Yes. So it's all out there and it, it feels like, a bit of a new world and a bit pioneering to sort of yes, yeah. try and change these things. And certainly the reason that Joe Estill's work is out there is the work of people like Anne-Marie and the work we've done at the um, Academy and things like that. And you don't want praise for that. You just think, great, mm. so yes. it should be, mm. you know, because she was the one that did it all. Yeah, pass yeah. it, pass it on, pass Absolutely. it Absolutely. And I go on and on and on constantly about the family thing, and I just think it's what it's always about looking after the family and, mm. and tending the family or the seeds or whatever um, analogy you want to use. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know. Excellent. Okay. Well, we'll call it a day there. Yes. Um, we could talk forever. We can all like answer our phones that have been ringing. We could, yes, <laughs> we've all been really busy while we've been, while we've been recording. Um, that, I think there's a lot of really useful information in there. I think it's been really, really great having you on. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for, for asking me. You no, know, um, you know, fun. I'm always willing to chat to anybody who wants. I'm not talking about just for lessons, but if anybody wants help, they're welcome. Yes, yeah. that's great. So. Um, you've, you mentioned we we're talking off air. You've got a website. Is that in development at the moment, or have you got something up there at the moment <laughs> people can me, um, people can visit? 
I've got something. I think I think my name comes up over lots of things, but I think I've been around that long. Um, but I think the one from the Royal Academy yep. comes up, which is a bit formal. I'm in the process of doing another one, which will be quite simple, and it's just taking me forever. I'll never get around to it. Yeah, so but people can find you on, on the Royal the, Academy. Yeah, the Royal Academy one, yeah. And the workshop or is... Or indeed through the Actors' Centre. Yes, through the Actors' Centre, the workshop that you run every month, so yep. people can get in touch with the Actors' Centre to book... Yes, or, or, to pass, or to pass on their details to me if they need to. Excellent. Okay. And for anyone out there listening, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and on our new website, dramatic.com, where you will find all the podcasts, all the articles. Actually, there's something we, we're doing on the website now. We're, we're getting recommended reading from, from our guests. Is there a book you can think of offhand that might... Um, that might be useful for people out there? Well, being arrogant, read. I've done one called Thank You, That's All We Need for Have Today, <laughs> which is very simple, which is about auditioning. Okay. And I did that with Nigel Lilly, who's uh, an MD, it's, you know, on mm. Charlie at the moment, who uh, ages ago was one of my first musical director students. Um, because we have two a year at the Academy, who are all over the West End, call them My Little Mafia. And um, <laughs> I'm very proud of what they've achieved. And um, I um, think... Uh, oh, there's one by Daniel. Oh, goodness me. Um, I should have thought about this, actually. I, we didn't, we didn't prepare you for this. No, <laughs> we, can, we, can, uh, we can get it from you, put it on the, on the you website. You put it on your own yes. book there. The well, that sounds could... arrogant. But that, no, th- and that's got a warm-up CD, which is okay. all, all right. But I think it's okay. It's like everything you look back on it and think, could have done a better one. But, um, but that's published by Peters. Great. So people can check that out, too. We'll if put that want. on the website. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. I'm Jason B. Moore. I'm Mary Hammond. Thank <laughs> you for listening if you have. <laughs> okay. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs>